Hello, I'm Rita Hyland, and you're about to discover what it means to position your business, career, and life to play full out. This show explores the way leaders just like you embrace and achieve their ambition without working harder or grinding it out any longer. So if you want to take your life, business, or career to a playing full out status and do so while being the happiest high performer in the room, then hang with me because this show shares everything you need to know using the best of neuroscience, transformational psychology, and a bit of spiritual wisdom to help you change fast, even when it's uncomfortable or scary, or you failed to do so in the past. All this so that you can enjoy more freedom and prosperity in your business and life. I'm happy you're here. Hello, welcome. I am so glad you're here today because I am discussing a topic that is front and center and hot for a lot of people I'm talking to today. If you are someone who wants to in any way work less this year, but not just work less, work less without worrying while you do that, then this conversation is going to help you immensely. I've been talking with a number of highly talented individuals from all walks of life, all industries. These people are parents and spouses and children of aging parents. They have a great career, great paycheck, loving family. They check a lot of the boxes, but there is something that they want more than anything else at this point. When they're asked the number one thing that they desire this year, it is to work less and specifically to work less without the worry while they do. For many, it looks good on paper, their lives and their work, but all they want right now, again, is to work less. They're exhausted. And this working hard is coming at a cost to our children who need us. It's coming at a cost to our relationships with our spouse. And if it hasn't already, before long, it's going to come at a cost to our health. We're missing things. We're missing some of the meaningful things. And many of these same people know exactly what to do. I mean, how could we not? We have all heard the solutions to delegate more, hire more people to take the work off your shoulders, get a better technology or system into the company for some greater maybe organizational management. Maybe you think or have considered hiring a house manager. Maybe you've been told the strategy to not overcommit. Any of these ideas can work temporarily and when done in the right order. But what's happening when you get the additional resources, you finish the project maybe, or whatever else was limiting you from slowing down last year, and yet you still find that you are working a lot? Or what happens when you simply can't see a sustainable working solution to working less? This is something that I have been studying and resolving with high contributors, high achievers for years. These are leaders who have much to give. Our work, our careers, our leadership can bring about such profound personal satisfaction, such great achievement and transformation, right? I mean, there are the moments when you see your impact on your client's life or you successfully pull off a critical project at work. Maybe it's one that's been taking months or years. Or when you positively influence a team member or a team or you hit a revenue goal. There are also those moments when it can feel like it's all-encompassing, that you're constantly working or that you can never do enough to be able to slow down the pace without having to sacrifice your work or your personal life to do it. 
And it's difficult to understand this because you're smart, you get things done, you have accomplished and achieved a lot, things much more difficult than, for example, getting a date night out with your wife or your husband or it's regularly spending some quality time with your kids. Why can't you find a way to work less? You've tried a lot of things, but the workload isn't changing and you still wonder why you always feel so rushed and pressured. In this conversation, I'm going to share the three reasons or the motivations that prevent us from working less and that will continue to prevent you from working less ongoing unless they are accurately identified and then we rethink their role and how we use them. Most of us have achieved our success on the back of our cultural conditioning that working hard will generate success. We've therefore never really learned how to effectively or consistently perform at our best and to be successful without sacrificing our personal well-being in lives. And for many, we've achieved a lot by being persistent and having this high threshold for pain. But lately, the pain's been biting back a little bit greater. And we're noticing that it's coming at a cost in our other areas of our lives, as I mentioned. So we know that how we think about things determines our reactions to them, right? But instead of observing, challenging, and rethinking our thoughts and our stories and all these unwritten rules, we keep firing through our coffee and our Diet Coke and doing more of the same and never getting to slow down. And perhaps the worst part is that when we attempt to solve this problem of working less, we get more critical of ourselves when we fail. And we're failing for very good reasons, which you're going to learn about in just a moment. We stress ourselves out more, and then this loop is endless. And what I really mean about the worst part of this is that in that space of who we're being, we are unwittingly teaching our next generation to operate in the same manner and perform in the same manner that we are. And we are also absent from them as we do. I understand this and I have been there before. We can become so hypervigilant and far from our best levels of well-being, performance, and impact when we don't understand what our motivations are and those coping mechanisms that we're employing that are preventing us from the very thing that we want most. First of all, if you are feeling this, know that you're not alone, that you are absolutely okay. It's not your fault that we've gotten here. It is, however, our responsibility in this lifetime to change it. As I said, if not only for us, for our children, for our most important relationships, and those that we are here to serve at a higher level with the gifts that we've been given. Today, I'm going to show you some of the first steps to the how, how to create a well-balanced or well-blended relationship with your work and life, one that has you moving toward a vision that you're enthusiastic about, even if it seemed really unattainable in the past. I know what it's like to be a person who always seems to be wearing many hats, but with so much noise coming from so many directions, it feels like your plans for your well-balanced day never really seem to flesh out. I want you to know you don't have to live rushed and pressured, and you shouldn't. There is plenty of evidence, plenty of people who are not, and it's time, if this is you, for you to make that change. 
Before I share with you how, let's look at the three reasons why we have such a hard time working less without the worry. And it has everything to do, as I mentioned, with understanding our motivations. The first reason comes from this motivation, this deep desire for approval. For many, we believe that our work validates our worth. If we just do more, if we accomplish more, perfect something a little bit more, then we're going to be good enough. And we got this early in childhood. We were shown love and approval when we did something right. We were rewarded for that. We have a culture that has perpetuated this conditioning that we're as good as our last accomplishment, something that's the unwritten rule in our workplaces. Sometimes it's told directly to us. I had a client tell me that his firm says out loud regularly as a way to incentivize their people. Remember, you're only as worthy as your last result. Holy crap. I mean, when you live by that unwritten rule or the declaration straight out that you're as worthy as your last accomplishment, that your value correlates with your accomplishments or achievement for the day, it's really no wonder why we find it so difficult to dial it down or to take time off or to be present emotionally when we do take the time off because we feel that we need to be consumed with a bottom line result in order to be able to get that thing we think is so important, which is that approval. Those two things are categorically in opposition, that need, that motivation for approval and to make sure that we're validating that we're enough. There's no way that you putting on your calendar that I'm going to have a date night is going to be held if something else threatens that or when you are under stress. Your coping mechanism will always be to go defer and be motivated to get that necessary approval. I understand this all too well. I overworked constantly in my earlier days, attempting to please and perform for everyone. And it wasn't until I was on short-term a disability for over two months at a very young age that I started to understand that it was a result of my weak relationship with myself, my conditioning, my constant pressure to achieve, to get approval and feel worthy was actually what prevented me from working less. So prior to that, I just blamed others and their ineptitude, and their needing me for me having to do it all. Of course, I wasn't aware of all of this at the time, but this is one of the primary reasons that many very smart, talented people have succeeded at the levels that they have and want to continue to maintain and use this coping mechanism. But at this point, it is costing them and has already but now it's at a threshold that's unbearable. The second reason we won't slow down and work less is because of our fear of control, our desire for control. After all, we can slow down or work less, but then that means we're turning over control and we know others aren't as capable as we are and can't do it as well as us, right? I mean, how many times have we said that out loud? How many times have we proven that again and again? I spoke with a business owner recently who said this very thing to me. She turned one of their business units over to its leadership team who had requested to be given it in the beginning of last year. But by year end, the business unit, to use her words, failed. They had lost money, proving her exact point that she has to be in everything at all times for it to be successful. And I just happened to ask if she had checked in on them and had she guided, had she supported how they were doing throughout the year? Had she been the leader that was needed as they did something for the first time. And I mean, when our child starts to walk for the first time, we don't head out of the room so they crash their head into the coffee table. 
we guide them, we support them. She could see that in many ways she had set them up to prove her conditioned belief that nobody else can do it as well as I can, which further proves she has to be working hard at all times. You see how this works. Our relationship with this second motivation of control, it's a tricky one because control is an illusion. It's not even real. We think we have control. But if you tell someone who thinks everything is happening based upon their level of control, you're likely to get a lot of pushback until they're probably in a place of great pain. We don't just fear everything will be out of control if we work less and we don't have the control. We also feel that if we don't control That might mean that another person gets and becomes in control of us. So as long as we're in control, we can defend ourselves, right? Control can be a big motivator and reason that we won't work less. When we feel a need to be in control and conquer, we can be assured we are going in the wrong direction. The third reason we won't work less, no matter how hard we try, is safety. Doesn't feel safe. After all, when we don't work hard, we release and suing everyone is happy and we are enough, that's our approval, and then we let go of certainty and control, we could lose things and these things will make us not feel safe. We get worried that we're going to lose clients, that our companies won't run as efficiently, we'll lose money, we won't be prepared enough for the next disaster, right? So if you're someone who wants to work less and do so without the worry, know that what's stopping you is not that you haven't got the right people or the right strategy, or that you just haven't figured it out yet. Those may play 20% into your situation, but the 80%, what's really controlling your ability, and we'll control it to work less this year or not, that thing that's keeping you from working less is that you have been being motivated in your stressed out moments by a need for or a desire for approval, control, and safety. And it's so liberating to understand what is really at the root of the problem as opposed to spending your days trying to fix the wrong problem and failing and then getting engaged in more you know, self-defeating talk. It's not a delegation problem or a strategy problem. It's an approval, control, and safety problem. And these come from these deep-seated trainings and conditioning and contracts or rules that we ourselves have made up with ourselves that this is how we're going to survive, this is how we're going to succeed, and we just keep following those rules and they keep controlling our game. It worked for a while until now it doesn't, and now we're tired and our relationships with our teammates and our family members are showing signs that they really need some attention, or maybe we're getting that wake-up call with regards to our health. So the question becomes, how do we change? How do we really work less and worry less while we do? The first step always comes from our own self-awareness that we are doing it for one of these reasons. It doesn't really matter which reason it is, but it helps our logical mind if we can identify it. So here's some questions to identify whether you are wanting for approval or control or safety. And if by using these to their extreme, overusing them is preventing you from that very thing that you want most is that desire to work less so that you have the freedom to do what it is that you really want. The first, you'll know it's an approval issue or that you're motivated 
by an extreme overuse of the motivation of approval if you answer yes when I ask, am I doing this from a need to be accepted or to feel worthwhile? If you've ever gotten to the end of your day and you've judged you or your day, good or bad, based on how much you got done, you may be unhealthily being motivated by your desire to feel that you're enough based on your performance. You're likely to have an inner game message that says something like, I'm as good as long as I'm successful and others think well of me. If you've ever asked what is wrong with me or why can't I be more productive, approval may be what's holding you back. And that may be a coping mechanism that's in overuse. This need for approval makes us have this feeling that we have to keep swimming or we might sink. So downtime can feel really uncomfortable, like there's something wrong with us. And the cost, unfortunately, of this, however, is that we make big efforts to always be effective and efficient, and we sacrifice our relationships and our health for job security, money, and feelings of validation and worthiness. If we're suggested to take a few days off, our first thought is, oh my gosh, that's going to wreck all of this efficiency, and it could bring everything down. Be aware and be able to name that this is what is preventing me from working less. Because when you call it out, you're shining light on that dark spot and it can no longer be dark anymore. And let's move into the second reason we won't work less without the worry. And that had to do with control. So again, a lot of times we use control as our weapon to not feel so out of control, or maybe we fear being controlled by others. So we use control to protect ourselves believing I'm okay if I'm in control of my situation. And to do this, we will work more to be the one in strength and in power and in control. So control can be thought as a means to protecting ourselves. And if we ensure we have the resources we need at all times to maintain our well-being or our security, then we're going to be okay. So this is how we spend our days working really hard. I just have to be in control. We want to be self-sufficient and we want to be strong. Your question for yourself is, am I overusing this? Am I doing this? And is this the motivation for my work right now? I should add that when we are in, whether it's our need or fear for approval and safety and control, that we're always operating from a source of fear versus trust. And in that space of stressed and negative or afraid, we are always going to be performing at a fraction of what we're capable. We're always going to be at a fraction of our well-being because we will be inherently operating from a place that's dropping tons of cortisol into our body and operating from places of adrenaline versus places of peace. Okay, so that third reason I've spoken about that we won't even let ourselves work less is this deep desire for safety and security. And uncertainty is probably one of the hardest things for our brain when it's in a stress state to experience. You might be thinking, what if we have another COVID outbreak? What if we go to war? Those who are motivated by safety have this deep fear that we're not safe at any point. So we're consumed with this deep need for feeling safe, and we become more concerned with establishing safety nets really than pursuing our goals or our aspirations, especially that aspiration to work less. That will always play out second in order of priority. 
when we are overusing our motivation for safety. This resistance to feeling uncertain or unsafe will keep us troubleshooting and mitigating risk and working for the future. And again, for that reason, we find it really difficult to work any less than we are. Understand that none of these three motivations for approval or for safety or for control are bad or all in all out bad. It is only when we overuse these coping mechanisms that we find that they prevent us from slowing down, from working less and doing so naturally from a place of peace, which is what we so desire. The easiest question on a top level is, what am I using here? What is my motivation here? What is it that I am motivated? And is this right for the time that I'm doing this work in order to maintain my control or for my belief that I will be safe? The first step is noticing these issues in our lives, noticing that these patterns or catching ourselves in the act and seeing our underlying habitual responses to life, to our work, to our relationships. This is going to do a lot to release us from the negative conditioning. Just noticing, it's like, yeah, right now I am operating from space of my need for control, my fear that I need it. The Once you see the pattern, then the next thing to do is to challenge its validity. If I work less, does everything really fall apart? Do things not go as well? Is that always true or are there exceptions to that rule? Can I try to prove the opposite's more true? Now, before you answer this, and if you're listening and feel a whole bunch of resistance to the idea that you can work less and worry less, you're okay. It's just really a sign of the level of conditioning you and others have handed down. Be aware of it. Because if it really was true, absolutely true, that you have to work a ton to succeed, wouldn't that be true for all of us all of the time? Has there ever been a time when you were not working hard and things still happened? When results still occurred? When money still came in? And if it's true some of the time, it can be true all of the time. Yes? You can work in the moment with a different motivation, one towards your aspirations, as opposed to one that's protecting your approval, safety, or control motivation. Imagine putting your energy all in there as opposed to over in the buckets of these extreme overused coping mechanisms which are holding us back. We have to rethink this cultural conditioning and the unwritten rule in our homes and our organizations that working a lot creates success. The only reason I can tell you all these things that I'm telling you right now is because, as I said, I fell off my rocker when I figured out years ago that working like a dog to the point of illness wasn't actually the problem. It wasn't things that were happening outside of me. It was me that was creating this because not everybody is doing it like this. There are evolved, self-actualized individuals and leaders who are able to go home at five, who are able to work 10-hour weeks, who are accomplishing more with less, but it's because they are doing so and are aware of when they have been leaning into their coping mechanism too much. Okay, working less is absolutely possible this year. Working less and achieving more is possible. Working less and doing so without working or worrying is 100% possible too. 
It may be different, but it doesn't have to be difficult. And I think that's what we have to really understand. Just because you haven't done it for the first half doesn't mean you can't do it for the back nine. We have to rethink how things are being done. If working less and continuing to be successful or achieving more is a desire that you have for the year, I encourage you to really look at which of the three coping mechanisms you may be overusing. Is it approval, control, or safety? What's really behind your resistance to working less? That is the ultimate question. What's behind my resistance to working less? Then remind yourself that it's only you that can make the choice. And when you change your perspective, your reality changes. The other thing is to remember that these imaginary cups of approval and control and safety, those are all meant to be filled inside. Do not wait for circumstances and conditions external to you to fill them. Stop waiting for circumstances to line up so that you can work less. Look for areas in your life where you have tended to overcommit yourself. What was or is right now your motivation for doing so? What was the result of your overcommitment and your overinvolvement? What's it costing you now for you and for others? And if you sense safety is your reason for not being able to work less, that you need to be controlled, look at how often you're expecting bad outcomes. Do you have trouble believing that things are going to work out? Do you tend to think more about problems? Is that your default? Recognize it. While anticipating the problems can be helpful, I know a lot of leaders are called upon to mitigate risk, it can also really lead you away from dealing with the reality that's here right now. So learn to discern real dangers from potential ones by pausing and asking yourself, is my thinking making this so? Is my thinking contaminating or is it contributing to my desired direction right now? The bottom line is we're not unable to work less for the reasons that we think. And when we can see that clearly, own it, we actually can work less and achieve more. It's only though first by understanding what's really occurring and what's really at the root of the wart that's creating this. And if you sense that your motivation for not working less is that you fear your safety or your controller approval, the next time that you're about to react too quickly or explosively, try this. Instead of acting on your impulse, just stop, breathe, see if you can catch that impulse and watch it and see it release. And then start to consider some other ways to feel more comfortable or more effective that don't involve you using your strength or your independence to feel safe. And if you know that the time is now to break through this long-term conditioning, this cultural conditioning, contact me for a connection call. There'll be a way in the show notes to do that, to find out how getting more of your inner game advantage on can forever change your life and the way you work. There are two private coaching spots available coming up in the next month. Find out if one's meant for you. Remember, a half version of you is not enough. The world needs a full, healthy version of you at play today. Be well, and I will talk to you in a couple of weeks. 
Thank you for being with me today. By you listening to this, it tells me you're interested in growing yourself and likely not just for yourself, but to positively influence others as well. If you enjoyed this podcast, go ahead and share this with your friends and colleagues. When leaders like you grow yourself and then grow others, we all are positively impacted. If you have questions, I'm here to answer them and may even use them in our upcoming podcasts. Go ahead. You can send those questions to Breakthrough at RitaHighland.com. Remember, a half version of you is not enough. The world needs the full version of you at play. I look forward to seeing you on our next podcast.